Hi, this is Andrew Burleson, a third-year medical student at Texas A&M University, and this is Clinical Pearls. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am post-call and pre-call at the same time. Well, this morning, I was in the high-risk OB clinic with one of my medical students, Andrew, who led the lead way into this podcast. But one of the patients that we saw in the clinic had an ultrasound that revealed an echogenic intracardiac isolated focus. So I thought, what a great idea for a podcast. So in this session, we're going to cover the echogenic isolated intracardiac focus and what to do with that finding. Some people call this finding the isolated intracardiac focus, and others call it the echogenic intracardiac focus. It doesn't matter. It's the same issue, and it really is just semantics. But for the purpose of this podcast, we are going to identify this as EIF, or the isolated echogenic intracardiac focus, which is a terminology used by the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. An EIF is a small echogenic area appearing within the fetal cardiac ventricle that has a sonographic brightness that's equivalent to bone. Now, this is nothing new. It was actually first described in 1987 and is most commonly left-sided. So that's the first clinical pearl. Now, even though it can be present in one or both ventricles, it usually is isolated on the left side. EIF is believed to represent microcalcifications of the papillary muscle. This is actually a common finding during routine second trimester fetal anatomical surveys, and it's found in about 3 to 5% of normal fetuses. The prevalence of EIF may vary according to maternal ethnicity, so that's a separate clinical pearl. Specifically, one study found that the frequency of EIF was as high as 30% in fetuses of Asian mothers. Other studies have supported an increased prevalence of this condition in individuals of Asian, African American, and Middle Eastern descent. An EIF is not considered a structural or a functional cardiac abnormality. It has not been associated with cardiac malformations in the fetus or the newborn, so this makes the utility of a fetal echo pretty limited. The only reported clinical implication is a possible increased risk of trisomy 21. That's why an EIF is called a soft marker for fetal aneuploidy based on ultrasound. When an EIF is identified, a detailed anatomical survey should be done to assess for the presence of other structural malformations or other sonographic markers of aneuploidy. This may include fetal renal pileactasis or echogenic bowel or an absent nasal bridge. In addition, the physician should perform an assessment of other risk factors including maternal age, results of the screening or diagnostic tests, and family history. Most EIFs are isolated and occur in otherwise low-risk pregnancies. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Now remember that both ACOG and SMFM state that regardless of patient age or of ultrasound findings, all patients should be offered prenatal screening for aneuploidy or be given the option of invasive diagnostic testing. Counseling for a woman after prenatal identification of an EIF should be guided by the presence of other ultrasound markers or structural abnormalities, the maternal serum screening test, and maternal age. If an isolated intracardiac echogenic focus is detected in a woman who has already had an invasive diagnostic test and the fetal karyotype is known and it's normal, then she can be reassured that the finding is considered just a normal variant. Now, numerous studies have described the association between this echogenic cardiac focus and aneuploidy, specifically Down syndrome. Meta-analysis of studies conducted primarily in high-risk pregnancies reported that the risk of trisomy 21 was increased anywhere from two to five-fold by the finding of this isolated echogenic focus. Now remember though, even though that's pretty scary, that study was done primarily in high-risk women, which were high-risk either by family history personal history of a previous child affected, or maternal age. Another reasonable alternative to talk the patient down off the ledge of worry is that if the patient has a non-invasive prenatal test, like cell-free DNA screening, and that's negative for Down syndrome, then it is reasonable to consider this a normal variant because of the extremely low residual risk of trisomy 21. Now remember that the EIF is specifically linked to trisomy 21 rather than any other chromosomal aneuploidy. Now, as we wrap up this quick podcast, remember that we've been focusing on the EIF as an isolated finding. But remember, as with all of the other ultrasound soft markers of aneuploidy, if there's a constellation of findings or a combination of abnormal findings on the ultrasound, then that obviously increases the risk of some genetic autosomal trisomy or an aneuploidy in general. And it's in those cases where diagnostic testing is the most reasonable for a definitive answer. All right, that wraps up my post-call and pre-call quick review of the EIF, the Echogenic Intracardiac Focus. Thanks for being a part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.